Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober, right here on Green Earth Radio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore on the new Green Earth Radio. We've got a great show for you today. Our guest, Annette Aguilar of the California Right to Know 2012 Ballot Initiative is here, plus a spring holiday-themed edition of our desserts. But first, let's go to appetizers and find out what happened this week in the world of real food. First, the Michigan Department of Natural Resources is using their controversial Invasive Species Act to go beyond ruling over hunting and fishing and into farming. The Invasive Species Act has the agent... See, prohibit pigs, which they label as federal. Small business farmers, ranchers, and game reserves are being threatened with economic and criminal sanctions based on physical features of the pigs. This is another example of the government favoring big agriculture and factory farming. If you'd like to stand up in the fight for small farms, you should check out the website for the Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund and find out how to support this wonderful nonprofit organization. Beginning on Earth Day, Whole Foods will no longer be selling unsustainable seafood. Unsustainable seafood refers to wild-caught seafood, which is overfished, captured from depleted waters, or harmful to other marine life. I'm a supporter of Whole Foods, but not everything there is sustainable. It's great to see that they're constantly raising their standards every day with changes like this. Next, Sanjay Gupta reported on 60 Minutes that the new research from many of America's top universities found that sugar is the main cause of this country's leading killers, such as heart disease. I strongly see evidence that sugar and white flour are the real culprit behind many of the Western diseases and not meat and dairy. These studies certainly bring the issue into the light, and they're a start on focusing to what's really making Americans sick. Also, the FDA says there's not enough evidence of BPA being harmful to humans. Now, I mean, this, it's, it's hard to see, uh, hard to support their stance. I mean, what I see is pretty much just another example of the FDA supporting pharmaceuticals and the chemical industry. I mean, the FDA, on the other hand, says healthy natural foods like raw milk, kombucha, and stevia are dangerous. And then lastly, pink slime recently has been revealed that this is found in our ground beef. This has been one of the biggest news stories in the world of real food for the last month. But now it's been revealed about toxins in other processed foods. First, we found out that pink slime is not only in ground beef, but it was cleared by U.S. health officials 40 years ago to be used in everything, from baked goods to cheese to chocolate products. Also, ground beef isn't the only type of meat revealed to be tainted by big ag. A study done at Johns Hopkins University finds that factory-farmed poultry are given things such as caffeine, ingredient found in Tylenol and Benadryl, banned antibiotics, and arsenic. This study was done originally only to test for antibiotics in the poultry. Now, all of these recent announcements about harmful substances found in our food can be very alarming, but I have to say that I actually think there's some good that come out of this. I think this is truly going to be the wake-up call to America to not blindly accept what the food industry giants are putting into the stuff that we eat. And now, for our main course, 
Today, our main course is avoiding genetically modified foods, also known as GMOs. GMOs are food where the, where the food in its DNA is altered by unnatural methods. Most of the corn, soy, canola, beets, and cotton in this country are genetically engineered. And genetically engineered food is bad for a number of reasons. A major problem with GMOs are the biotech companies that manufacture them. These companies engineer seeds that can only be used for one season, so then the farmers need to buy new seeds every year. These companies also have been known for toxic contamination. Lastly, biotech companies have sued small farms for using their patent seeds when they happen to be blown over into organic, sustainable farms. Big agriculture has tried to defend GMOs, saying they can produce more crops and require less pesticides, but neither of these have proven to be true. The chemicals in GMO rob the soil of the nutrients, making it harder for the plants to grow. They lack the genetic diversity, and they can't handle drought, fungus, or insects like natural plants can. These GMOs have actually required using more pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. There's also a good reason to believe that genetically modified foods are bad for your health. It's not certain what the specific harm is that they do, but the studies show danger with them. Rats that have been fed genetically engineered food have gotten sick, and female rats that were given GMOs produce babies which are physically deformed and sterile. It's also believed that genetically modified foods can pass on their altered genes once eaten and create new strains of bacteria that will harm our digestive systems. Lastly, problems with GMO is that they're unlabeled in the U.S., but here in California, we have a chance to change that. There's a ballot initiative known as the California Right to Know. So here with me are today's guests. I have Annette Aguilar, and it looks also like she brought someone with her as well. Yes. So, yes, so welcome to the show. It's well, great to have you here. Well, thank you for inviting us. And uh, I brought uh, Christian Solis along to, to help out as well. Yes, thank you for, for inviting us. Wonderful, because, I mean, this is an important topic, and I know you're probably busy uh, working with it, getting people to sign out the ballot initiative. So I appreciate that you can take the time to appear here. Yes, uh, I thought it was important because there's um, there's a lot of people out there already uh, helping out, and, and we've been out there on the weekends. And uh, so I said, hey, you know, if there's a chance, we can get on the radio and uh, try to spread the word even more of what we're doing and, and uh, you know, trying to get this initiative on the ballot. It's, it's, it's worth the while, you know, coming in instead of uh, taking some time away from getting those signatures. So but we're, we're great. Uh, we're happy to be out here with you guys. But thank you. Well, that's wonderful. And, yeah, we, I mean, we first met at the... It was the Natural Products Expo in Anaheim. That was a couple weeks ago. And, I mean, just when I saw the booth, I mean, this is certainly one of the, I think, the most important issues um, in just in the world of real food and, and changing what we eat because, I mean, it affects so many other ones. And it affects, I mean, you know, my show's called The Appropriate Omnivore, so certainly it's an issue that affects meat because cows that are fed genetically modified foods, but... I mean, you know, it affects even even if you're vegetarian, vegan. I mean, mm-hmm. soy is genetically modified. That mm-hmm. it's just it's one of there's some issues that I just think they uh, they kind of touch all around the board. There's there so many groups are uh, are key on supporting that. So now I'm interested to know what got you to um, interested in and involved with this in the first place. Well, the reason why I uh, volunteered to help this initiative is because. Um, 
I'm a Latina, and uh, I've uh, always been uh, worried about uh, what's happening in, in other countries, especially Central and South America. And we've uh, I've known about Monsanto and what it's what Monsanto is doing to the seeds and to to the different uh, varieties of corn in Mexico. So that was that was my concern. I mean, corn uh, to South America, Central America is like. Uh, it's a uh, natural and cultural patrimony of indigenous nations, and that is throughout the, this continent. So that uh, it was like uh, just har- horrible to see how this biotech is taking the, the seeds of these communities have that have developed, that have better uh, made the seeds better through uh, through working with nature, not against nature. Um, these uh, communities still continue to diversify our seeds, to protect our seeds, and uh, they offer, though their work with nature, they offer these seeds to humanity and not for sale. So I've always been concerned about what's happening um, with these in, in indigenous communities. So that's why I said, hey, if there's something we can do to protect our seeds and to protect the uh, livelihood of these communities, I'm I'm going to, you know, be part of it. So that's why I'm helping out. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I think, one of the um, one of the biggest problems with GMOs is that, I mean, they require you to buy new new patents for the seeds every year and i mean it's i mean a big part of this show is about supporting small farms and i think really the gmos in monsanto is probably one of the biggest threat to uh, small farms and yes um uh, uh seeds is you know where we can start as nurturing our bodies and and um and you know to i care a lot about my health and and it's it's a way of of uh, our our food should be our medicine and now it's 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 affecting just everyone on this planet so that's why you know we ha- we have to protect our seeds as well and that's why we have to care about what it is of of us in the US consuming GMOs the impact we're having um with the rest of of the world too so it is. And I think that's a good point you bring up about that. I mean, a lot of these small farmers, it's a lot of indigenous cultures. and Yes, because it's it's not just happening in, in indigenous cultures here in America. You can right. think about, like, um, China, how uh, all these uh, traditional farms uh, with the rice, how they, you know, they, they uh, live in, in an area, how they uh, – their whole um, uh, socioeconomical structure is based on uh, agriculture, traditional agriculture. So whatever happens here with the corn, which is uh, the staple food of, of this continent, whatever happens here, and, it, and if we do contaminate with uh, genetically modified organisms, if we do come and wipe out all these different, uh, like Bolivia, like uh, Peru, they have a di- uh, indigenous native corn as well. Whatever we do here, we're going to go um, these companies are going to go after all the staple foods and do the same to traditional farming and chi- in uh, China so we, we want to stop that absolutely I think that's a very good point to make I mean I think like I said before just this is such um, an issue that focuses on just so many different groups and mm-hmm. I, just, I think it's probably one of the biggest issues because it just a, a lot of the other issues that we talk about on this show are uh, mm-hmm. you, GMOs are related to and that, yeah, that's not just, I mean, it's like not just American thing that it goes into like the whole continent. I mean, mm-hmm. this is probably one of the most important 
Yes, topics. to me, yeah. it, to and, me, it is. Yeah, and has this been a, a certainly a, um, a cause that you've been uh, something you've been concerned about for a while? Well, um, just very worried, but not knowing what to do. So I'm so grateful that that's kind of like now I see there's so much I can do, and there's so much everyone can do. And so when I heard, hey, let's label it, it made sense. So it, it's it's. It's going beyond just labeling the food. It's protecting our biodiversity. It's protecting Mother Nature. And I'm not talking about Mother Nature as a spiritual way or as a uh, just a concept. I'm talking about Mother Nature as a... As, as an ecosystem, you know, that we have to respect and it has its own metabolism. Just like we respect our body and our metabolism, we have to respect the metabolism of the ecosystem in which we live. So, I agree about, with you about not really knowing like how we can do something about this. When I first heard about the initiative about the end of last year, I was amazed because it's been, I mean, it's certainly it's been a hard battle. I mean, Monsanto's doing everything they can to to not make things labeled and let people know. And I think certainly the thing with this is that it gives the people the power to do it. Uh, yes, because uh, uh, labeling genetically modified organism, this campaign is is basically we just want it labeled. We want choices and we want people. There are people out there that love GMOs. They tell us because we're at a lot of different places uh, collecting signatures. And some people tell us, hey, I love GMOs. I want to eat them. And it's that's fine. You know, if they, they want to eat them and it'll be even easier for them to even, you know, identify what food. And we would have to respect that. But for us that do not want to, um, that's kind of a way of stopping what what's happening to our food supply. And we want to have, um, as a mother, uh, we want to be able to go and buy our food and make sure it's safe. And and uh, to me, genetically modified organisms are not safe. I, I've read, I've seen the scientists, I've seen what they've said and uh, there's reports. It's, we're not talking about we just think. We've uh, There's already out there published uh, reports of scientists that have noticed or have seen a lot of damages when they feed uh, rats with uh, genetically modified potatoes or corn. They see all the damage to the rats, and that's what's happening uh, to us as well. So, Right. Now, Christian, how about you? Yeah, um I think this initiative, it can be the, the tipping point to uh, go beyond this, this, this campaign because the, the people are going to know what kind of uh, uh, harmful. How, how harm, harmful they, harm, can, they, yeah, can, they be. can be. Yeah. Right. So how did you get involved with this campaign? Yeah, the same reason. We same are, reason. We're working as a family uh, and we... we we're trying to, to get this initiative in the ballot this oh, November. Wow. Yeah, and so how has that been going as far as collecting the signatures? It's great. It's great. I've never circulated a petition, and it's great to be out there, and we get a lot of support from, from people. They, they're they grateful, and uh, it's also a chance to educate the ones that don't know, and it's also a chance for those to go home and do more research and for now, uh, for uh, we need the support of, of uh, California voters at least to get this initiative on the ballot so that people choose when they come out and vote in November if they want their food labeled. So right now it's just we need signatures of, of voters just to get it on the ballot. Right. Now explain where people can learn about the ballot, uh, such as the website. 
where can they go if they want to know uh, about it's, it? Um, the label GMO uh, uh, GMOs dot uh, org. Label GMOs dot org. You can find a lot of information on there, and then uh, the, the specific places, farmers markets, and uh, where they can go and, and help us out with their signature. Right. So has that been mostly the places where you've gone to singers, places like farmers markets and natural food stores? Well, uh, we've been uh, as volunteers. It's all through California, and as volunteers, we're being um, creative and we're just you know off on our own sometimes. So if you can do it with families with at a school or at a church or um, at a farmer's market or in front of a store, you could just it's it, you can go just anywhere where you're you know as long as you're respecting. Um, um, the area and maybe asking for permission or if you're asked, you know, you just leave the area. But we're almost anywhere we could be, so. Right. I would think they'd have to go to a multitude of places. Like, certainly for me, um, where I shop a lot at these natural food stores and I've seen many, uh, many ballot and many people uh, for the ballot. So I've signed one. Um, Thank you. A, a while ago. But yeah, certainly <laughs> I passed by so many and I said, oh, yes. I said, well, I've certainly signed that. I mean, because that's very important. But I would think that, you know, and certainly that, um, you know, being out so, somewhere like Whole Foods getting the sign, you know, I think that's probably like uh, giving candy to a baby. But, um, and, you know, it's certainly it's a good place to get signatures, but I imagine also that you got to go places where it might be, uh, you might not have as many people that know about you most, but you got to educate them about right. it. Yes, and and you can go anywhere and you think the crowd, because every crowd is different where you go and you think they already know or you think they don't know, and you can... You always find, you know, you're surprised. You always find some people where you expected didn't know and vice versa. I stopped at a, a Trader Joe's in, uh, I believe it's Manhattan Beach. And uh, I said, hey, can I stand outside and, and, and uh, circulate the petition or just try to get some signatures? And he said, no, 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 no. And I was like, why not? You know, and he's out. Well, I don't think we carry any GMO ingredients in our food. And I was like, what? And you know what? To be honest, first he said he, he didn't even know what it was. And this was a store manager. Wow. And this okay. was in Manhattan Beach. It's right. not in, you know, South Central or somewhere else where you might think that, you know, they don't know about it. And then you go to other areas and they fully support it and it's so beautiful and they know they've already signed somewhere and and they they're grateful what we're doing. So it, it's it's great. So you never know what what's going to happen when you try to get signatures or where you try to get those signatures. So right. I mean, that's a thing that's important f- just to bring up about that these stores like Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, they're not not everything about them is necessarily all natural. I mean, they have some processed foods, and you know, as far as you know, I mean, everyone has kind of their own definition of what's sustainable but i mean they sell a lot of products at both these places that i would never buy i mean like i talked about earlier about Mm -hmm. some sustainable some unsustainable fish that they used to be selling at whole foods that got like this red rating by the monterey bay aquarium yeah i mean there are gmo foods at at trader joe's and whole foods and it's um it's certainly you you do have more options for non-gmo but yeah i think like what the whole purpose of the initiative is doing, um, it's not labeled yes, when you see these at a Whole Foods. Right. Yeah, I shop at uh, Whole Foods because I'm looking for uh, non-GMO products, especially corn products, because in my family we eat a lot of corn. 
And so that's why I, um, I go there. And because sometimes I'm looking for a certified where I don't have the time to go on the weekend to a farmer's market. But if I could, have, if I could not go to uh, Whole Foods, if there's an alternative, I would because Whole Foods has not been friendly to us as uh, with this campaign. Uh, we were we asked Whole Foods if we could uh, circulate the petition, and they reduced out of seven days. They only allow us to stand two hours, uh, two days out of the whole week, and only I think only three or four hours um, every day. So they really cut back all the time we can stand out in front of a, a Whole Foods to gather signature. And I thought those they were going to be friendly to us. And that that was not at all the and uh, all the tr- uh, Whole Foods, but that was here in in uh, Southern California and LA area. They only let us two days stand out there. What about Friday wow. and Monday? And uh, what about all those days? And aren't they selling Whole Food? That means Whole Food does not include adding additional genes from bacteria and virus. So why are why are they want to flag out uh, 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 not um, ho- a Whole Food when that those seeds are really being uh, Damage with with transgenes, so I wasn't too happy with. Yeah, Whole Foods. well, that that floors me that they would do that. I mean, because it's a thing that I mean, it's kind of like I don't think they're even kind of paying attention to their customers. I think if you're there every day, I I don't see that there would be too much complaint from the people shopping there. Well, they have good products, but they do have a lot of GMO products. They do, and I can I'm such a good detector of GMOs now. So I walk in there and I see GMO, GMO, and it's just so many products. But they're getting better. But I don't know if they're only getting better because of consumers are looking for it or if they really care how, you know, it's this whole thing about Whole Foods really caring about the health and the community. And and, and now when I've had the opportunity to work with them as as just a consumer, someone that's that's worried about my health, I haven't really received their support. From, so I'm just a I'm, little bit I'm going to have to say I think it's probably more the consumers than them. I mean, they, they are a corporation. It's ah. I mean, it's, it's for profit. So it's kind of it's really about the consumers have to speak out. And that's I think that's a lot of ways. A lot of ways we have to, you know, solve these problems of, you know, of, you know, making sustainable real food is it's about the people speaking out. And and that's how they listen, because these corporations, they're ah. not I mean, you know, we find this all this like this pink slime that's been in these foods for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just think no one will listen, and and now people are speaking out about it. And so, I mean, now some of even the big grocery chains are st- have stopped selling yeah. ones with pink slime. So, so with pink slime, it took people just ordinary people that work and don't you know make a lot of money in all walks and all uh, all sectors people organizing and coming and and sometimes they do look at us a little hey you're you know a little weird why are you doing this why are you what's this that you're trying putting in front of my face sometimes hey look you know this is about your health and about food safety so it, it just like what they did with pink slime i'm sure the government or whoever entity that is now requiring you know to disclose this I'm sure it, it wasn't that uh, one uh, one day they just said, hey, let's just let the consumers know about it. I'm sure there was a lot of work, grassroots work, to get this out in the public so that people would be outraged and now that people know about it. So th- just just like that, this is what we're doing now. Is grassroots, It's to me, it's like uh, just another word out there. But but now I know because I've been out here and, and, and I've been since September helping out with the campaign before we even started getting the signatures. 
And what is grassroots? It just means a lot of people, anyone, they're not going to say no to you. If you want to help, it doesn't matter what religion, you know, where you live or, or what political affiliation you have. It's beautiful. Anyone can be part of it. And it's just everyone coming out and saying, no, are we, we're going to do something about it and we're going to label our food. And another thing that I'm very outraged is, well, uh, very upset is that our, our, our food is, is our staple food is corn. So we, we want to eat guacamole with chips and we want to eat tacos and we want to eat, you know, in Christmas, it, it's about tamales and pozole. And you know what? Now I'm, I'm like, I'm having to cut back and change my diet because of that. And it, it's cultural. You know, it's like Christmas. You think of Christmas, you think of food and you think of food made with corn. And what happens is that now to try to find decent corn, you have to go to Whole Foods. And what about the rest of the community that cannot afford to drive or to go to these very, very expensive stores? You're taking the food from these people that have developed these food from the countries they come from. And now it's, it's in these corporate companies. And now their, their, their corn over there is the worst corn, which is maybe just to make animals fat. I think that's the corn we're eating. That's why that Latinos is the are right. fat. It's- yeah, it's the reason they feed the uh, the animals the corn is because it's yeah it's to make them fat so they can they can sell they can sell them quicker and you know I mean it, it provides more product by by doing that but it it's not for our health yes in any and way. and if you go to to uh, to other countries I mean corn and and it's it's in in Guatemala it's in um, Ecuador they they actually have ceremonies every year to bless the harvest and that corn is not making them fat and that corn is very different from the corn we eat here in the US it's it's the nutritional value is a lot it's it's you know greater in nutritional value and it's not making people fat and it's a different type of corn i've seen it i've eaten it and it has nothing it's very different from the corn and we need to get that type of corn in these communities here in the US we should have varieties of corn and we should be respecting our seeds and we have to protect our seeds. We do, and that's a good point that I mean a lot of this organic corn which is non-GMO, it's it's very expensive what it I mean and you can't find it I think in in too many conventional grocery stores to get this like and, non-GMO and, corn. Uh, yeah, and it's genetically modified and it's very expensive. So I don't see how these biotechs say that they're making food cheaper because I was in Bolivia la, uh, in December and I bought a huge bag of corn and it was just a uh, corn that was uh, boiled in water and then it was uh, taken off the the. It was yeah, just just the whole grain of the corn, and they eat it like that uh, there in Bolivia, and they sell it to you. And I think it was like uh, probably like sixty cents, and it was a huge bag. So you're talking about over there, the price is a lot cheaper. Where it's natural corn, and and people are, that's their staple food in Bolivia. And I, you know, now I learn, now I care to see what are they eating over there. They are eating corn. Food is staple food of, of America, and and it's not the same as the one we're eating over here. And the, the modification of corn has also been, it's been since the 40s and the 30s and the 60s. So it's been going on for a while. They've been tampering, they've been uh, 
you know, just uh, doing something to to the seeds to trying to make them better. They call it uh, mejorando la semilla. And this has been going on for some years, but now this is like completely radical where you're breaking this, 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 um, the barriers of the cell. The cell protect themselves. You do not see a cell, you know, having genes come from different bacteria or virus or they protect each, they, they all have a barrier. And now, no, you're using gene guns literally gene guns you're using uh you're using violence to blast these uh these uh barriers to get these genes in there where they should not be in there right and you're right about corn not getting any cheaper because the thing is we use corn for so many things i mean you know you can't just think of like a corn on the cob popcorn tortilla chips i mean you know it's things like like high fructose corn syrup in so many of our products here instead of the cane sugar and Mm -hmm. so i mean and also, I mean, you know, trying to develop like ethanol and, I mean, cornware. I mean, that it's not getting cheaper because they there's so many things they use of it that even with the amount that they're growing, it's mm-hmm. it's still expensive. Plus, I mean, there's also the thing of the corn subsidies that you know, these farmers grow corn for really cheap and then and then charge big and. Yeah, and now I want to say um, a great place that actually serves non-GMO corn, this is a restaurant, is Sharky's. Okay. Their tortilla chips and all the corn they use there is non-GMO, which is is wonderful that, that there's actually, I mean, this chain in, in California, one of well, probably the larger ones, I would say, um, all non-GMO. Yes, um, uh, it's, it's so different when you eat a corn that's not, you know, it's a lot more traditional or native corns or, or varieties that... Are non-GMO. The it's the taste is so much better, and uh, you could tell right away. It's the it's softer. The the tortilla does not break it once it gets cold. It's like it's just really good food. Corn it can be very healthy and can be very good, but not the type of Guerrero tortillas that you find all over LA and any place. And yeah, so. Um, also, you know, corn is just so sad now that our food is becoming a commodity. And uh, you have uh, um, uh, poor countries or um, uh, that use, that are importing corn or that use corn as, uh, as for, for, to feed, you know, to feed uh, their population. And you have uh, developed countries like the U.S. where they use corn or food as biofuel. So you could tell the big difference, and that's one of the reasons why the prices of corn have gone up because now they're using corn crops for biofuel instead of why are they saying that they want to um, feed the world with with these genetically modified seeds or crops when they're in reality they're using it for a lot of industrial, you know, whatever they're using it for, but not really for t- to the hunger still out there. And I um I could uh, just share with you. Uh, a, ma- a major UN World Bank sponsored report compiled by 400 scientists and endorsed by 58 countries concluded that GM crops have little to offer global agriculture and challenge of poverty, hunger, climate change because better alternatives are available. In particular, the report championed agro, uh, agro, uh, ecological farming as sustainable way forward for uh, 
for developing countries. So uh, this, the, there's been out there um, scientists already, you know, tracking it down as, okay, let's see if, if, um, if uh, genetically modifieds are, you know, the solution to world hunger. And they've already concluded, this was back in 2008, and we've been eating genetically modified since early 90s. So this is, you know, after 10, more than 10 years, a lot more, almost like 14 years that these bio crops are been around. And they have not proven to us that they're really the solution and that we're ending uh, world hunger. Right, we're not because, I mean, really the reason for this genetically modified corn, a lot of its uses are things like um, like using it for, for high fructose corn syrup and I think there's even like, I mean, some, some like packaging uses the genetically modified corn, like make it out of that. Um, for me, really, um, what got me all, all interested in the um, whole genetically modified foods and specifically corn was reading the book The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan because in that he just explains so much of how, you know, things that we use in the U.S. are made of corn and, Mm -hmm. you know, things that you you wouldn't even think of that Mm -hmm. that was for me what first got me aware of. Well, of a lot of issues, I mean, that was, I mean, (laughs) this show is called The Appropriate Omnivore, so obviously there's a little reference to Michael Pollan in in the name of it. Now, you had said earlier that you um, have found ways to uh, to find out what it, what corn is not genetically modified. I'm interested to hear what some of the methods you use are. Well, uh, for now, I am uh, um, trying to find those local farmers, which there are, or even like the small uh uh, community gardens are that are, are out there, and I have friends that already have their community gardens. Wonderful, so they're growing. Gardens. Yes, That's so nice. it's so cool. It's like you know they're pushing us to, towards this junk food, and then there's an uprise of people saying, "No, you know we're going to." Uh, grow our own food now. So th- that's very inspiring to me, and that, that keeps my hope up, and, and I know it, it could all turn out to be something positive when we're, we take over now. So um, so that's an option to look in, in with your local farmers or even to start, you know, growing if there's any place you can grow it. And it's 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 there's so much out there you can even find online on how to grow corn just on a small little place or or even um like i think i heard you know one of your shows say that hey why don't you ask one of your your neighbors if they could uh Mm -hmm. you can do some of their work out there in their garden in exchange of them of you know us growing some food out there or also um as as i know so far if uh it's certified organic they could not change the dna of the seed so for now it's kind of like a safe uh place for us to look for the certified organic so that's what i'm doing looking for certified organic and and you know i visit mexico and i bring some um frozen tortillas and i'm looking for (laughs) and the thing is also as soon as i can i'm going to start grinding my own uh corn and and making the nistamalizado and and why not you know oh absolutely actually i was just going to suggest that because actually um a fellow blogger of mine the blog cheese slave she has a great thing on there about how to make your own like nacho chips uh, uh-huh. from scratch of just uh-huh. getting like this uh this organic corn and then you make it into the uh, the masa um cuz I haven't gone that far but I have done a thing of buying just the uh the organic um corn uh like the organic just uh, t- tortillas uh-huh. um 
and then cutting, you know, then frying it into the uh, the tortilla chips. Yes, it's, uh, we've been, you know, stepping away from our food so much that we think it's like these huge formulas. And and I grew up with all these different dressings where we would just buy them in the, the ranch and the blue cheese. And and I, uh, I said, hey, I, I know it's not good, so I'm gonna let, let me look into what I can do. And it's now to me, it's so easy, and it sounds ridiculous how I was so worried about le- learning how to make my own dressing it's the easiest thing it is and 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 if we just spend a little bit of time which we should because our bodies deserve it because our family deserves it but we just spend in a little time say hey on sunday i'm gonna learn how to you know this recipe or make my own dressing or make my own tortillas it's not complicated they're letting us think that we should have everything packaged and 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 ready to go it's not complicated it's fun and, and it's a way to have the family together as well Right, I've been making a lot of these foods myself, and yeah, you think they're hard, but it's amazing, no. really, how how easy it is. So, right. I mean, I would like to eventually learn how to do that, how to just yeah make the stuff from scratch. I mean, but you know, I've mainly um, been going with buying the um, what was it? It was a food for life. They have sprouted corn tortillas, so oh yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. And but then I mean, also like um, maybe before I go to you know to make the masa myself, get something like Bob's Red Mill their uh, mm-hmm. their masa because that's that's sprouted and. Yes, because yeah, because you know, even some like quarter teas that you buy, I mean, there's a lot of things added into them, so you got to be careful right. about that. Right, but there's some really good ones out there that only have like three or four ingredients, which is right. Um, just the nistamalizado, which is the corn, and then um, what do they use? The 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 something that they use to boil it. I'm not. I can't remember what it's called, but it should only be three ingredients in the tortillas. That's how they're done. Traditional. Tortillas are done only with three ingredients. And you do find them. So that's what we had as part of our breakfast. Nice. Yeah, and certainly community gardens. I mean, just that's such a wonderful thing because it just it promotes, you know, the community, do something positive. Uh, yes, it's it's like that's what we have to do. There's no other way out of this. I, and, um, you know, it's like uh, just being out there in the sun and nature and and, um, and respect. You, you learn how to respect after you spend all that time investing in watering and, and you know, wishing for it to grow and, and to, to have all that food to share. So you, there's a, a big uh, difference from when you buy it and it just, you know, rots in your, your refrigerator. That happens here in the U.S. a lot. And I, I've seen how in other countries... Food is, I, they see food very, very different from us. It's not something that they just package, bought, and put in the fridge and just warm it up in the micro. I mean, if you buy some strawberries, they're going bad the family right away. They boil them and then make them into fresh water, mm-hmm. or they make a right away their, their jam. They do not throw anything away. And when you grow your food, you do that too. You, you, you um, appreciate and value you do, food. and I mean the the community gardens and just the the individual farming. I mean it's it's a job creator. I mean because the thing is with these GMOs, it's it's really it's a thing of I see it as very much uh, a, a threat to small farms. They can't afford to uh, to buy these crops and to uh, keep up with the output. Yes, and 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 also di- diversity. It's it's so uh, it's beautiful. I was at the uh, at a uh, uh, seed bank. In Bolivia, and when you go in there, you've never seen all these varieties of of corn and 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 of beans. It's like crazy. We've only seen like three varieties of beans or four. I don't know. Well, once you see that, you know now you have these 
these stores like uh, Trader Joe's where you see other types of, of, you know, seeds or, but um, I was at that uh, bank and, and just to see how many's out there and how little we know of and how little we eat because of the monocrops. And these monocrops, like uh, genetically modified crops are monocrops. They're wiping out uh, uh, var- varieties and di- diversity because every time you only plant one crop, the other seeds uh, die. They only have a lifespan. These seeds need to be planted by these by these farmers or by us so that they continue out there and when you uh, have huge corporations that are selling their food to other countries they don't have that competent they they lose out these small farmers lose out and those seeds that they've that that different variety of seeds that they've been planting for for hundreds of years or whatever time out there die out when they leave those small communities uh, when they have the, their farmers and that's how the, they live off the farm and when they cannot sell their, their products, uh, they have to leave the land. The land dies, the land is not cultivated and those seeds die as, uh, as well. So that's why we need to protect these small farmers and, and I'm talking about small farmers all around the world. And these corporations are just wiping them out and they can what what happens if monsanto plants gmo uh, corn in mexico and contaminates all the beautiful uh, uh, 50 varieties of corn indigenous corn out there and and because the corn the the uh the pollen travels a hundred kilometers which is i don't know how many miles but that is far so what if they start because they do uh, monsanto's been out there trying to plant already doing some some uh investigations or i don't know what they're doing they're already planning some uh corn out there and we we want the government every country to protect their native uh seeds or their native food or their staple food because um as soon as monsanto starts uh planting these uh gm uh uh, corn it's going to contaminate it through cross-pollination all the varieties of corn it's going to affect the the indigenous communities that they uh, depend on farming and uh, it's it affects the plant. They could, these uh, 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 seeds can be planted again, but it, the structure of the plant changes when you alter its DNA. And what if Monsanto goes out there and polices them like they have here in the U.S., the small farmers, and says, hey, Mexico, the uh, government of Mexico, guess what? We found our genes in all of your country and all the varieties, so they're now uh, ours. So, I mean, it could happen, you know. It could. I, 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 it, you know, it could because it's already happened here with with uh, with the system uh, that's out here um, in court. It already happened where a judge ruled in favor of of Monsanto when they contaminated a farmer's uh, crops, and and then they, you know, so if it's happening here in this. Uh, government here in the U.S. I'm sure with uh, all the corruption going in, in uh, other countries, you know, it could happen there where Monsanto comes and say, "Hey, all of this is mine," and and you know, take over of all the corn <laughs> that it took about 300 uh, generations of indigenous uh, communities to develop corn to create the corn you know and we've been working with nature we have not been working against nature we provide what nature needs to for in order for nature to give back to us that food so 
it's something that can happen. Hopefully, these governments like Peru, uh, it's it's great that they've already protecting their corn. They have more varieties of corn even in Mexico, and I think because they've been away from from uh, from uh, the U.S. agribusiness, Me- uh, the U.S. agribusiness has been in Mexico for since the '40s. So we, they've already wiped out a lot of our seeds, and they brought in their seeds that use a lot of chemicals, and they've already depleted the the land out there, but not in Peru because it's a lot farther and because, you know, they're not the neighbors. So it's great that they have even more varieties. It's beautiful when you see all these different varieties of corn and they're all used like for different foods and they all have their diff- uh, 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 different nutritional value. And um, it's, 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 you know, it's something that these countries have to protect their food. The government of these countries have to protect the people's sovereignty, the people's food sovereignty. Right. I mean, certainly that we've seen the way the government's favored these these Monsanto and the big agriculture. And I think that's a very much a reason why this ballot is important. Um, you know, it's a thing of, I think, when it, if it gets on the ballot, that one, you should vote for the the ballot initiative of the right to know to have them labeled. But then also after it is labeled, you need to then vote with your wallet and not buy these GMO corn because you're supporting, you know, the big agriculture and the government and so you know, once they are labeled then you have the chance then basically to to pay the smaller farmers and give them power and show that we're not going to stand for buying these yes uh we think that if if you know we're we're going to get on the ballot people are going to vote because this is common sense uh people are, are going to vote in favor of labeling it um and uh and uh, we think it's going to happen like what happened in Europe. Once it was labeled, uh, no one bought it. And uh, food producers automatically volunteered to reformulate their food products because they knew people were not going to buy it. So they'd rather, you know, just spend whatever money it took them to reformulate, which is not a lot. They had it. Um, you know, whatever they had to do, but they were willing to do that because they knew consumers were not going to buy their products. So uh, now you, you know, in Europe, you you can walk into a store and you don't even have to lo- look around that much because there aren't ver- there are very few products out there with uh, GMOs. So this is what we're looking for. Once it's labeled, they're going to want to not have their products containing any GMOs because of the rejection of un- of consumers. Right. I know in certain European countries, they've even banned GMOs like Hungary, which uh, I, I was glad to hear because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. of Hungarian descent. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it makes me kind of proud of uh-huh. uh, my heritage to hear that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, where we just uh, need uh, right now, it's we have until the 22nd of April to gather the signatures. We're doing great, but we're, we still have work to do. We have two weeks to go out there and people to help us with their signature. And um, while well, we 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 will, I I'm very uh, hopeful that we are going to get on the ballot, and that uh, you know working together, uh, we're going to label our food and and start changing towards healthier food and safer food. Now, which ballot would this be on? Would this be the one November? In November, yes. Which um, is good one to be on with the presidential election, yes. big turnout yes. and. Yes, and then, um, you know, whatever happens in California, it's going to have 
an impact on the rest, and and the government's not doing it. Our state legislators, so we're going to do it. So that's why I'm going to be out there for whatever time is left. That's why I I I been you know not doing all the stuff I have to do around the house, but I feel happy to come back and have all these petitions signed. And uh, we're going to take it state by state, but we're going to take back our food, make it safer, and I don't care how big those corporations are. I'm not afraid of them, and I know um, we're going to, you know, protect our seeds as well. Right, yeah, I mean, that's what we got to do. Yeah, can't be afraid of them. I mean, it's, you know, it's uh, one man with courage makes a majority. Yes. (laughs) That's a thing. Uh, We need to, people ask for volunteers too, because we're still in the the track trying to get this signature. Yeah, so is there's any folks out there that want to step up and help us gather signatures? It's fun, and you meet a lot of people, and you talk to people. And you know, we're just at home or at work, and we kind of were stepping away from um, interacting with people. So it's a way out there to, to, you know, to actually be around people and to see what people think about it and their opinions and, and um and it's you know it's it's been fun for me and and um and if there are any people that are interested if they can check out our website which is labelgmos.org and you'll find an area where you could uh, be contacted by a, a, a coordinator that's uh, can you know help you out get started well that's great yeah so any listeners that uh, that want to know uh how to get involved there's a volunteer thing it's labelgmos.org yes that's the, the website, website and yeah they can check it out and that's how they can get involved and um you know uh, help us get these signatures so that we can be on the november ballot right heather what have been the biggest challenges as far as getting signatures and just kind of the biggest hurdles that you face I mean, you talked about whole foods only being able to be there a couple days have there been any other big just kind of uh roadblocks or anything it's it's i guess every you know volunteer has had to come up with their own challenge but to me it's um it's just a we we go to farmer's market a lot and just um we're sometimes asked to you know step completely away from the farmer's market and and uh some people are kind of upset because we're trying to label it and and um and so but it's very few people and that's probably just uh coming up with a way of organizing the people because i i'm a a volunteer coordinator so my challenge has been like okay how am i gonna you know get these people started and they're not responding to my email to my to my uh phone uh you know texting or whatever and uh don't want to bug them but after you know they start hey you know i'm here now you know i do want to help out and i'm great you know i'm uh, very excited about helping out so sometimes you're you know you're just a little tired or but once you get all those signatures and then you get someone saying hey you know you're you're you know you're doing this for my health thank you and so that kind of cheers you up and keeps you going yeah now how about at farmers markets like the corn that's sold there is is a lot of that non-GMO or I mean is there some instances of farmers um, at the market selling the GMO corn? Um, I some a lot of the the uh, stands are not certified organic. Right. And uh, but I've talked to uh, like one of the farmers I've been I've been buying from him and he has his own ranch and he sells his own produce. So he said, "You know what? The only thing I could tell you that I've had these seeds for a very, very long time and I did not buy them. So that means, you know, they're, they weren't patent or they weren't 
So, but my thing is that now that I've, you know, been finding out and reading up and about the, the about the corn and even going to other countries and looking, you know, what their, what their, their type of corn is that the corn that we have at the U.S. in in this country is very different from other countries. So I don't know. It's already a hybrid. You know, it's already a corn, a, a type mm. of seed that's dependent on agro uh, or chemicals. So it's maybe not the best uh, variety of corn that you're going to get out there. That's it's not it's not going to be a not, it's going to be um, it's not GMO corn, but maybe it's already depleted from nutrition because it's already uh, one of those seeds that these uh, agribusiness have been already modifying, not in not in the DNA uh, level, but in a way where they've created hybrids and and very made these seeds very dependable on uh, chemicals. Chemicals like uh, fertilized uh, chemicals or, or pesticides, herbicides. So maybe we're, we don't have. So if there are any farmers out there, please bring us some different varieties of corn, and and uh, that's what maybe we're looking for. Right. Well, I mean, you know, there's a thing of there's kind of there's a good, better, and best, as yes. as I say. And so, mm-hmm. and a thing also that's an important point about how while these farmers at the farmers markets are not necessarily certified organic, organic is very much. I mean, there is a long process to go through that, that I would kind of say that, um, especially with something like corn, that it's important to be actually more to be non-GMO than to be certified organic because, I mean, I don't know that it's more important, but it's um, yes, it's kind of uh, it, it's a, non-orga- a non-organic, a cor- well, I guess all organic corn is non-GMO, but I guess what I mean is, um, but a non-organic uh, corn doesn't necessarily mean that it's genetically modified. Yes, so, not, not there's conventional. So it's, it's, yeah. it's conventional so farming. It's, right, so that is more, I think, the important thing to find out at first um, yes. is that it's not genetically modified because it, it, then it, it kind of it, it doesn't limit you as much, um, especially with yes. as far as as far as spending. And so, yeah, and so it's a thing that I mean, certainly um, all these ones that mostly the ones that you find at farmers markets are better and i mean just a, th- a thing i think is great about farmers markets i mean you know the best way to do something is grow it yourself because then you know mm-hmm. um and i kind of put farmers markets next because it's a thing of while you didn't grow it yourself you have direct interaction with the farmer and and, and you know it's small farming and and it's 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 a lot better than than uh uh, huge corporations, you know, it, it's 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 this um, bringing uh, economics to an area as well. So it's it's good. It's not going to the hands of very few as it is with monocrops or or big agribusiness. Just a few are benefiting, and when you buy from a small farmer or a local farmer, you know, as you're bringing in money and to this area, which is which is good too. Yeah, I like that you brought the issue of, of monoculture, which I think is one of another big problem affecting agriculture today. I mean, it used to be that we had mixed farming with the animals and the vegetables mm-hmm. in the same farm, and when they split up, really, it made two problems. Yes, I mean, uh, agriculture has been changing so much, especially in the century, it's been changing so much. And uh, back in the days, it was beautiful. There's uh, what we call milpa, which is which means it's it's like a 
um, uh, growing food in with different uh, different types of group uh, of food, growing it within the same plot, which uh, was uh, like uh, milpa was corn with squash with beans, and it's it's great to find out that you know you had the vine growing up on the, on the milpa, which was creating some kind of. Sh- uh, shade for the other plant to grow and bringing nutrients and animals that they all interacted to give a very uh productive uh, uh crop or so and and this this is all traditional farming which still occurs but every time it's less and less and that's another option that we have to learn for those that are interested in learning how to grow our own food that's something we also have to learn uh look into not just planting one food out there and how you can learn how to plant a couple of different foods that are going to help to uh, produce more and to um just you know get a better harvest Right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today. You've been excellent. And I mean, it's amazing how, I mean, because there's so many things that are GMO and it really, I think that um, it shows just, it produces so many problems. I mean, you know, just with corn specifically, that's one area. And I mean, you know, we go into all the um, the problems of GMOs with also with the soy mm-hmm. and the uh, the beets, the cotton, mm-hmm. the canola. Mm-hmm. So anyway, wonderful. So once again, tell people where on the web they can find out more information about this ballot initiative. It's uh, www.labelgmos.org. I think thank I said you. Everything. Right. Well, thank, thank you. you. Well, uh, thank you for inviting. Yeah, thank us. you for doing the show. And anyone, if you are, you know, if you see these people outside a grocery store or uh, some other place, please take the time and sign this. Uh, this ballot initiative. It's a very important thing. So thanks. Anyway, we've got to go right now to our desserts. So here today is our holiday-themed desserts for Passover and Easter. But first, I want to mention the event called Faw for All. This is a nightly event by Melise in Santa Monica. This event goes every night until the ban of foie gras starts on July 1st. For $185, you can get an eight-course meal with each item containing foie gras. And now for some suggestions for eating real food on Passover and Easter. Eggs are known for both of the holidays. So my recommendation is to buy pastured eggs from my favorite supplier, Vital Farms. Vital Farms can be found at Whole Foods and other natural grocery stores. For the coloring of eggs, I recommend using natural colorings. Foods such as beets, blueberries, and cumin can be used as primary colors and can be mixed with a white vinegar, and you can find recipes for these all over the internet. And then for Passover, I recommend buying Straits Spelt Matzah. Now, matzah is one of the few foods that contains minimally processed ingredients. I suggest spelt over the regular because spelt is an ancient grain that we've used long before we made everything out of white flour, and also it's easier to digest. That's all for this week. Join me again next week when I'll be interviewing Jason Jones and some other employees of Vital Farms.